Thank you, church. Yeah, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. It's really, really good to see you this morning. So today is the launch of our new term of small groups. So we thought, what a great opportunity to celebrate the life in our small groups. So we're not going to have a preach this morning. We're going to do things slightly differently. I'm going to be having a couple of conversations this morning, one with uh, Rachel and one with Deo and Lisa and Chris. And just having chatted with them in the last couple of weeks about this, I'm really, really excited about what they're going to bring this morning. So first of all, can we make Rachel Wildsmith feel really, really welcome as she comes up? Great. Well, good to see you, Rachel. Really good to have you up here. Um, So Rachel, you you lead a small group called Learning English. Yeah, that's right. What was it that, that led you to get involved in this in the first place? Um, Well, it came about at a time when my daughter had just started school and prior to that I'd been a full-time mum. I'd never sort of known what I wanted to do with my life or career or anything. Um, And so I was just praying one day um, as part of my quiet time and I said to God, well, I've got sort of two things I can do. I can teach and I am good at languages and I like languages, but I don't speak any of them well enough to teach other people. So I can't do that. So God, what should I do? And the answer that I got back was to teach English as a foreign language. And that week I was still pondering that. And I went to Little Stars, our parent and toddler group, because I was serving there and ran into a friend. And they said, oh, that's brilliant because Rihanna's starting this group um, to teach English as a foreign language. So I took that as a hint from God that that was what I was meant to do. <laughs> Don't you love it when God gives you hints like that? It's helpful, isn't it? <laughs> and you told me, Rachel, so you became part of that. But you told me that a few months later, Rihanna, who was leading that group, moved away. And then, so you took over leadership of that group. How was that? How did that feel, taking over leadership? It was very unexpected, because I hadn't expected Rayanna to, to move away. And um, so, yeah, it was sort of left on my shoulders. I was very nervous about it. Unlike Rayanna, I wasn't qualified and still am not to teach English as a foreign language. So I sort of just gave it a go. And uh, so we started off with 10 in the group at that point, And by the end of that term, the numbers had dwindled to three. Okay, can we, can we go there for a second? Um, so you're leading this group, 10 women there at the start of the term. By the end of the term, you're down to three women. I'm just conscious that many of us who've led things in the church may have been in a similar situation. So how did that feel? How did that feel at that time? It was very hard not to sort of think, what am I doing wrong? Am I not teaching at the right level? Am I not loving them enough? What's going on? Is it my fault? Um, I had thankfully had a lovely team there and we we prayed through it and we decided that we would push through and keep going even if it was only three um, to bless those three and when we came back after the summer holiday because that was the July after the summer holiday in the September from day one we had 12 people coming great so you that's great isn't it so you've grown to 12 people in the group and that was a couple of years ago Mm -hmm. now what does that group look like today Rachel Well, now we have two classes. The Thursday group has 14 people in it, and the Friday group currently has 11. And we have waiting lists for both groups. The Thursday group has a waiting list of eight, and the Friday group has a waiting list of 20. Amazing, isn't it? So that, isn't that incredible? Yeah. Just love that, the the growth and what God's doing in that group. Can you tell us a little bit as well about the makeup of that group? I know it's an incredibly diverse group. Okay, so in terms of nationalities, I've written it down so I don't forget any. Um, We have people from Sri Lanka, India, Pakistan, 
Iran, Brazil, Romania, Ukraine, Lebanon, Syria, Bulgaria and Poland. And in terms of their English ability, they range from, at the top end, people who are, can have a, a, an informal conversation, um, but not much technical vocabulary and still make some grammatical errors. Um, to the other end, we have a couple of ladies who pretty much don't speak Eng any English at all and who were never given the opportunity to go to school in their own community. Um, they can't read or write in their own language, let alone English. So quite a diverse group of ladies. It's incredibly diverse. Really, really exciting what's going on there. And I know from chatting with you, Rachel, that these are women mainly from outside of the church. So where, where do these women come from and how do they find out about your learning English group? Um, it's, in, it's mainly been word of mouth. People who say, I enjoy this, come along to their friends. And um, also we get a lot of people through Little Stars or through our Christians Against Poverty Centre and also people who just Google it and see on the website we've got a group teaching English, so wide variety of places brilliant and i know you've said to me you've got a great team of people for both from inside and outside of the church who are involved in leading and helping in some way setting up the room serving refreshments building re relationships with the women i want to know what is it what does a typical learning english session look like so after we've set up we always pray um because we need god's strength to to do this and do it well um, and then it will be, well, we start 10 minutes late on purpose <laughs> to try and be a, a compromise between our very British, we must be on time versus some of the cultures who would quite happily start half an hour, 45 minutes late. So we start 10 minutes late. I do 35 minutes worth of teaching. We have a 10 minute break where we have coffee and chat and then another 35 minutes. The sorts of things that we cover will be the obvious vocabulary and grammar, um, but also practical things like um, ordering a coffee um, or what to say to your child's teacher if you have a parent consultation, what to say at the doctors, what they might say to you. Um, and where we can, we like to try and help them to take these practical steps. So when we were doing the cafe, we then all went as a group to the cafe so they could practice ordering, knowing that if they really got stuck and couldn't remember what to say, we would come in and rescue them. Um, and we also try to do, at the top end in particular, some cultural aspects. So, for example, when you meet someone in the UK for the first time, what are things that are good to talk about and what are things to avoid talking about? Great. Really, I'm actually, really, I'm, we're going to ask now, but I'm really interested to know about those things to avoid <laughs> talking about. Really, really good. I love how practical it is, and I love that you're giving these women a safe space to be able to try these things out. It's fantastic. So you've got these 25 women across these two groups and 27 more on a waiting list. And I think that in itself is a fantastic success story. But tell us a bit more about the, the kind of culture in the group. What is it, what is it like in the group? Um, so obviously other than the English teaching, the other thing we really wanted to do was share God's love with them. And um, through that, God's given us a community feel where it's very informal, very friendly. There's lots of fun and laughter um, and everyone's happy to be there. Um, we've made really good relationships with the ladies to the extent that some of them, I mean, some of them come from, they're in a situation where their family's really far away and they don't know anyone else in the UK, maybe, or they, their family is here, but they have a difficult family, difficult family situation. And then they come to us and they say things like, you're our family, you're our sisters, um, so, yeah, the very family feel. 
I love that. Isn't that great? That, that, that for these women in this group, this is their family. These are their sisters. And I love that you said, actually, you, you said to me that you thought, first of all, we're, we're going to love these people. We're going to build relationship with these women. But you've also had opportunity, I know, to share the gospel in some mm-hmm. ways with these women in the group. How do you go about doing that with this diverse group? Um, well, Easter and Christmas is an, is an obvious opportunity in a way because we can tell the Easter story, the Christmas story. Um, And the way we've done that, particularly with the beginners, is that we'll take roles on and act it out. Um, which sounds really funny, but it's, it's really obvious if you don't know what a shepherd is, but you see someone dressed up as a shepherd with a sheep, you don't need to know the term. Um, and we found that they, they take it in more that way. But we always obviously anchor it to a particular point. We pray about what point God do you want to make to the ladies at this time, that it's not just a story, but it's, it's real. Um, and also through sharing our faith through our relationships and our conversations. Um, if, if one of them um, says to us they've got a particular struggle or talks about a difficulty they've had, we'll always offer to pray. And although some of them were quite reluctant at first, now some, they always come up to us and say, remember to pray for me about this. Please, please pray for me about that. And we've seen some answers to prayer as well. One of them even said to us, your prayer here is far more powerful than prayer in my country. Um, so it's amazing. So you've seen answers to prayer. There's this sense of community. You're making Jesus known. This, I really love what, what, what God is doing in this group and what, and what you've seen through stepping out in leadership. And I know, Rachel, that actually this ministry is really, really close to your heart. So what, tell us, why is it that you do this? Why is it that this is so important to you? Um, well, obviously, apart from the following God and being obedient to what he told me to do, through learning... And knowing these ladies, I've come to realise what life is like for them, that they're very fearful at times of not knowing what to do, what to say, what someone will say to them, what someone will expect of them. And that limits them not just in confidence, but also in independence. They may be reluctant to, to go to the shop and speak English or, or to go to the doctor because they won't know how to explain what's wrong. And so it, it's a... I really love being a part of this because then we can combat that. We can increase their confidence and increase their, their independence as well. Lovely. So this is a group that is, is full of life. It is thriving. It's seen great growth in the last couple of years. Just cast a bit of vision. Where do you, where do you see this going in the future? What would you like to see next for this group and for these women? Um, well, what I'd like to see next really is, um, you know, for that class that's got a waiting list of 20, I'd love to see another class so we can get some of more of those people in. But there's so much more we could do. We could offer something like a Bible study for them to explore faith if they choose to. Um, we could have conversation classes that focus more on the relationships. Um, we could open a class for men because <laughs> they need to learn English too. Um, my husband and I are also starting a group this term called Church English, which is aimed at people who are learning English as a foreign language, but Christians, um, to help them to understand church, because a lot of them are, find, find it difficult to go to an English-speaking church because of the terminology and the expectations and difficult worship songs that they don't understand. Um, so that's to, to help them into church life. Lovely. It's exciting, isn't it? Isn't that really exciting, what, what God is doing here? here? Here's what I love, Rachel. Um, all of this came out of you saying to God, actually, this is what I've got. This is what, this is, this is what I have. This is what I'm interested in. What are you going to do with it? God, what do you want me to do with it? And, and I just think, what a lovely thing. What a, what a wonderful thing, that obedience to God, that willingness to say yes to him. Can we just applaud that obedience and celebrate what God's doing? I'm going to... 
if I can do this, Rachel, can I just pray for you and for this group? Because I'm really excited about what God is doing. Let's, let's pray together, church, for this. Lord, we thank you so much for the, the growth we've seen in this group, for the life in this group. And we ask that it would grow. Jesus, we ask that, that, that your plans for these women would be worked out, Lord Jesus. We, we ask that all the things that we want, actually, you would exceed even that, Lord God. So, so do more than we can ask or imagine here. Lord, we love the diversity in this. Lord, bring more, we pray. Bless these women. Bless many more in this town. Thank you. You've got many, many people in this place. And Lord, I thank you so much for Rachel. Thank you for her obedience, her, her willingness to say yes to you. Lord, would you fill her with your Holy Spirit, we pray. Lord, would you be her comfort? Would you be her guide? Would you be her helper as she leads us? As her and Ted step out in leadership this term, Lord, bless them, we pray. Fill them with your, with your Holy Spirit. And thank you so much for their willingness to serve you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Rachel. Before uh, we have our next conversation, and I invite Lisa and Deo and Chris up to the stage, I just want to say um, a, a few things on small groups. I just want to pick up on three things, really, I think that are worth celebrating in our small groups. And the first is this, it's community. See, Rachel said that for those women in her group, this is their family. And actually, that's been my experience of Kings too. When my wife Alice and I came to Wickham 15 years ago, we knew no one here at all. We had no friends here, no family here. And we came to Kings and became part of a small group. We started to get invited to things and we started to make friends here to the point where now we would say that this is our family. We were away for Christmas this year and had a great time away. But I always love coming back to Wickham now because this is our family. This is where God has called us to be. And I believe what, this is what God wants for all of us, that we would find community here in the church. We, see, we were never meant to do this Christian walk on our own. We were made for relationship with God and made for relationship with others. It struck me again, actually, as I was going through Bible in one year this week, that at the fall in Genesis, in Genesis 3, when our relationship with God is broken, what immediately falls after that is broken relationships with people. And when Jesus comes to restore our relationship with God, he restores our relationship with people too. And you get this church that is built. People just walking together in the reality of life. And how, So how do you find community in a church like ours? Well, I think you have to be intentional about it. Because Sunday mornings aren't enough in a church of this size. I believe that we need to be part of community. We need to be part of small groups where we can encourage each other and support each other and love each other. And maybe you've never been in a small group at King's before. Well, if, if that's you, I want to encourage you to make this the term where you get stuck into a small group. And we're going to give you a really, really simple next step into small groups in just a moment. But maybe you're someone who's taken a step back from small groups for a while. I want to say to you, actually, it's very, very easy to drift. And when we drift relationally, we can easily drift spiritually as well. So I want to encourage you to get back into small groups this term. At the end of this meeting, we're going to give out the New Life at King's Guides with all the small groups for this term. Take some time just to think about which group you're going to be part of this term. Because community is happening in our small groups. Community is happening the second thing I want to mention is innovation. You know, we're seeing wonderful innovation in our small groups. I think Rachel's teaching English group is a great example of that. 
you know it's been more than six years now since we moved to this way of doing small groups where we have short-term groups and where we have a sign-up period at the start of each term. And over those six years, we've had wonderfully innovative kinds of groups. We've had Bible study groups, social groups, activity groups. We've had groups that help you pray, groups that help you parent, groups that help you cook. We've had groups for runners, groups for walkers. We've had a group for walkers with dogs. We've had groups that have sung together, groups that knit together, groups that go for a curry together. We've had groups that help the younger generation get into the Bible, and we've had had groups that help the older generation understand modern technology. We've had wonderfully, wonderfully innovative groups. Why do we structure small groups like this? Well, it's because people connect in very different ways. And it is our heart that there is a group for everyone who calls this their church. Whether you come every Sunday or whether it's less frequent than that, that there will be a small group that is right for you. But it's also released wonderful innovation in our leaders. And it's great for enabling leaders to be able to say to God, actually, I've got this. I've got this thing that I'm interested in, that I'm passionate about, or that I'm good at. What do you want me to do with it? And maybe like Rachel, you're sitting here this morning and there's things that that you're good at. There's things that you're passionate about. There's there's things that you could lead. Well, actually, we'd love to hear about that. If there's something that you you think you could lead as a small group, do let us know. We'd love you uh, to lead a small group. You see, this, this way of doing small groups means that a leader can kind of try something for a term, and if it doesn't work, then to, to step away, and not to feel like they're tied into leading a small group for life. There's wonderful innovation in our small groups. The final thing I want to mention is discipleship. See, the great thing about our small groups being structured like they are is that we, it means that we're all in charge of our own discipleship. So maybe you know that there's an area that you really need to focus on this term. Maybe that's that you need to get into the Bible more. Well, we've got groups that are running the Bible course this, this term, which give you a great overview of the big picture of the Bible. Or maybe you know that actually this term, you, the thing you really need to focus on is your marriage or on parenting. We've got marriage courses running. We've got parenting courses running this term. Or maybe you're still exploring faith. Well, as Ellie said, we've got an alpha course running this term. We would love you to, to sign up for that alpha And with small groups like this, you can sign up for a term, then take a rest, and then try something else next term. Or if you've built great friendships with people in your group, and you're growing together, then you can sign up for the same group again next term. But discipleship happens in community, which leads me to our next conversation. I'm going to invite uh, Lisa and Deo and Chris to come up. Can we make them feel really, really welcome as they come up? Thank you so much, guys. Really, really good to have you here. Chris, I'm going to come to you in just a moment, if that's okay. Um, but Dea and Lisa, I want to start with you. So you, you moved to Wickham last summer uh, with your young son, Elijah. And you said to me that you did that so you could be closer to some family members. And you Googled churches in the area, and you found Kings. And you normally go down to our town centre site. And we're really, really pleased that you, that you found us. What was your first experience when you came to King's? Um, I think the thing that struck me, well, both of us the most, was the warmth of the people here and the willingness of people to reach out, invitations for dinner. Um, Elijah settled in really well to crash. Um, he really enjoys it, and other mums and families have been especially welcoming as well. 
That's really good. So positive experience. How about you, Dave? How did you find it when you first came? Um, everything that Lisa said, really. Um, we found it really warm. Uh, people went out of their way to make us feel welcome, and we really appreciated that, actually. Um, when we first moved to uh, Wickham, the two things we wanted to do was to get to know our neighbours and our community, and we found that King's was very instrumental in helping us achieve that. That's great to hear. Really, really good to hear. So you, you both had a very positive first experience of King's, and in our, I know that in our last small group sign-up last term, you got stuck in straight away. So, Lisa, you were part of the Encouragement for Mums small group that meets on Mondays, which I know you've really, really enjoyed. And the two of you also got involved in Chapter 1. Now, can I ask what it was that made you join Chapter 1 last term? Well, being new to church, um, we thought it would be a great place to start <clears throat> uh, because the two things that we wanted to achieve there was to first get to understand uh, the history of King's and uh, also to find out ways in which we can contribute to church. And uh, we were told that um, Chapter 1 would provide that. Okay, good. So, chapter, so those of you who don't know, Chapter 1 is our new discipleship experience. It looks at seven different rhythms of life, so seven rhythms of following Jesus. And I'd like to talk, if we can, a little bit about your experience of being part of Chapter 1. So how was it being part of Chapter 1 last term? Um, it was fantastic. Um, we got to know people really well. Um, it takes a lot of courage to be in a position where you can be vulnerable and, um, and have an intimacy with people that are essentially strangers when you first meet them. And um, we were able to achieve that at Chapter 1. Um, and it was through this willingness to be open uh, that we helped each other to grow over the course of the weeks. And um, I found that process to be quite profound. Um, uh, the second thing was, was Bible study. Um, normally you sort of go home from church and um, it's a long time before Sunday comes around again and you can sort of lose your way. But um, Bible study uh, helps you to achieve a certain level of uh, continuity in the week and it's a great link between the two Sundays. So that was really helpful for us, I think. It's great. So as part of chapter one, you have devotionals that you kind of read every day. You can study the Bible each day throughout it and then talk about it in your group the following week. So you, you also mentioned there um, kind of the vulnerability and the openness day in the group. And, and part of the heart of chapter one is that everyone's on a journey. Everyone has a story to share within the group. And there's an opportunity to do that throughout the 10 weeks of chapter one. Can I ask how you found that, that culture of openness in the group, Lisa? Um, so I really like the diversity of people in our group. Um, so there was someone who was a non-Christian but interested in Christianity to people who have been Christians for years. And it was just fantastic hearing everybody's stories because everyone has a different journey to Christ. And it was just really nice for us all to be able to share those journeys with one another. And um, you said it was very non, non-judgmental yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, so definitely I found that I was able to share things in the group and also in twos and threes um, very comfortably. And people would even then say, yes, actually, I struggle with that too. So it, it, you can be vulnerable and, and know that you're not alone with some of the challenges and struggles that you may have in your faith. That's really good. Really good to hear, Lisa. And you mentioned to me about the role that actually your group leader, so Ted Wildsmith, who's Rachel's husband, Ted was your group leader um, in chapter one. Tell me a bit more about the role that he played in creating that kind of culture of openness in the group. Um, I thought Ted was amazing. <laughs> um, he I here? really did. He's over there. Oh, is he? Good. <laughs> I think he deserves all the praise, to be honest. Um, I thought he was really amazing. Um, 
there was a, a great link between his ability to give you the space and the time uh, to open up and express yourself while sort of um, keeping a structure to um, each session. Um, I thought he was very understanding and his ability to manage people was really good. Um, you never felt that uh, you were neglected at any stage and I, I thought that was great. Um, his questions always had a very, um, they were very purposeful and um, not to mention that he had a grip on proceedings um, from week to week but he was never overbearing. And uh, another thing that I found that was really good um, was the fact that um, sometimes the questions would come along and uh, everyone was a bit sort of hesitant to be the first one to answer it because, um, you know, it, it takes a lot of um, strength to be that open in, in, in quite an intimate group. But he, he never hesitated to sort of sacrifice himself to not only break the ice but to make us feel a bit more comfortable in our surroundings and that really helped us. That's great. Thank you, Dave. Um, and thank you, Ted, for, <laughs> for leading in that way. I'd like to bring you in at this point, Chris, if I could. So, Chris, you were part of Chapter 1 yourself last summer, a, a participant in the group. But then last, in the autumn, so last term, you came on to our leadership team in Chapter 1, became a Chapter 1 leader, not Dave and Lisa's leader, obviously, but a different group. What did you think when we asked you to be on that team? Uh, I remember feeling quite scared about it, quite vulnerable. Um, out of my depth, uh, massively out of my comfort zone. Um, I felt I didn't know enough to be leading the group. Um, I wasn't going to do it. I tend to back away from leading things, I think maybe due to a uh, fear of failure. Um, But it was also a timing thing. I I work for myself and it's trying to find time to fit it in. But with all that said, you said yes, which is really good. I did indeed. why Why did you say yes to leading? Um, I was encouraged by you, Rich. Um, I was, I think when someone else sees something in you, it's different. Um, and like I said, I don't feel like a natural leader, but the fact that you, you saw something in me gave me the confidence to go for it. That's great. Really, it's really, really good to have on your team. So one thing is about Chris is he's very, very relatable with people. But you're very, very easy for people to come in and talk with you. And I, lo- I really love that about you. So it's great having you in the team. But you say you felt out of your depth. How was it then leading in chapter one? How did you approach those sessions? How, how did it all go? Um, I made the decision to take time to get to know people, um, to be friendly, to build relationships. I'm a people person. I enjoyed the time we spent getting to know people in my group. Um, I, I found the best scenario was similar to, you were saying about Ted, was to throw myself under the bus first. Um, not literally. Um, when I asked a question, I made sure that I, I answered it first. Um, that, I think that modelled vulnerability. I was able to say and show, look, I don't know everything. And I think that was really helpful. That's really, really, really good. I'm just conscious that there might be people in the room who would love to lead a group, but they're not sure that they could do it. How do you see yourself now, Chris? Do you see yourself as a leader now? No, I don't. No. I, I, um, <laughs> I see myself just as me. I'm just myself, that's it. Um, I've grown through leading. I feel more comfortable knowing what I know and knowing what I don't know. I don't have to have all the answers. Um, But it has been a great experience. It's definitely something I would do again in the future. 
That's really, really good to hear. And I, know, and I know that one thing you did with your group, so part of chapter one is there's a serving experience where you get to go and serve people. And, and you and a few people in your group got to be part of King's Table, so reaching out to people caught up in addictions. How was it, how was it serving at King's Table? Um, that, that was a really humbling experience. Um, the realisation that for all kinds of reasons, some people have, have nothing makes you incredibly grateful for everything that you have. Um, the guys at King's Table were brilliant. They, they buddied us up so that we were permanently with someone else who, who does it week on week going round, and that was a real good help, but it was an amazing experience. That's really good. I've loved as well, Sir Chris, genuinely seeing you kind of grow week after week and always saying, I feel out of my comfort zone here, but, but really seeing you grow as a leader. So it's been really good having you on the team, and Thank I you. would and will ask you again. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's come, let me come back to you, Lisa and Deo. I want to just touch, um, as we move towards closing, just on the reality of, of small groups. You, you are busy people. Uh, you both work full time. You've got a young child. Let's be honest, going to a small group in the middle of the week, isn't, it's not always easy to fit into that busy lifestyle. How did you find that last term? Um, yeah, so we did have quite a busy run up to Christmas. And there were some Thursdays when I would get in from work. And just think, oh, it's Thursday night, I just want to stay at home. Um, But we would go along, and actually I always came out of those sessions feeling really refreshed and um, glad that I went, and kind of my worries felt a little bit lighter after after being in in community with people. Um, And there were one or two weeks that we missed as well. Um, Day works long and sometimes unpredictable hours, and we couldn't get a babysitter. But whenever we went back the next week, no one ever said, oh, where have you been? But always, oh, you're here and it's so great to see you. It's really good. Really pleased to hear that. And you're both now members at King's. You're very much part of the community here. And you said right at the start that actually the church has been really, really welcoming. You felt the church has been intentional about reaching out to you and inviting you to things. But I guess I want to know how much has this also been about you being intentional about getting involved here? Um, I think it's definitely a two-way thing. Um, We're so grateful to everyone that's made the effort to say hello to us and extend invitations to us as a family. I think it would be very easy for people who've been in the church for a long time to stick to their friendship groups and people that they know, but we haven't felt that to be the case here. Um, And so for us, it's been really important to make the effort too and not just to come and go again after the meeting, but actually to take that time out afterwards to, to stay and, and, and chat to people. And I think that's been as important to us as, as being in the meeting. Otherwise, I feel that you would miss out on, on so much. It's really good. I love that you say it's a two-way thing. So yeah. the church reaching out to you, but also you being deliberate about getting stuck in. Well, let me just say, Dea and Lisa, really, really pleased that, that you kind of settled in the church, that you found community here. It's really, really good to have you here. Chris, love that you've stepped out into leadership. Really, really good to see how you've grown in that. Can we just make Lisa and Dea and Chris, can we just thank them so much for being here today? I just want to say to close uh, church, let's make this the term that we really, really get stuck into community here as i said in the middle there maybe you've not been part of a small group here before we'd love you to sign up for chapter one this term but wherever you're at we're going to be giving out the life at king's guides at the end of the meeting today do take an opportunity to look at those and think where is it that you're going to get stuck into community this year whatever we do let's let's get involved this term